Well, how good it is to be here on uh, this Christ the King weekend. Uh, Anytime you see white uh, on um, the plates here down below, um, you know that that is a high and holy special day. Uh, We reserve those for Easter and for Christmas, uh, for All Saints Day, and now uh, for the second time this month for this Christ the King Sunday because it's the end of a season uh, with Advent beginning next week. So today we celebrate Uh, the reign of Christ, and all that that means to say that Jesus is Lord. Um, My name is Don McAvoy. I've been uh, appointed here as one of your pastors since uh, July the 1st. Um, Bishop Snazy appointed me here. I am a church musician first, and it's my honor to lead the Bethany Choir and to help plan worship for um, all the great services here. And uh, Tom tonight has a a wedding that he's officiating out in Florence, and Thomas has two weddings that he's a part of this weekend, and Wynn had some family obligations, so I'm what is called the third string quarterback. Okay, so uh, just lower your expectations way, way down tonight. Um, I am just, you know, filling in. I hope to, you know, just keep, keep it steady. And right on course and not do any harm. Um, so that is my goal tonight. Um, but I appreciate your, your patience uh, with me as preacher tonight because that is not my normal role. And you will um, come to appreciate that here very quickly. Um, when I was uh, first ordained uh, back in 1997, uh, I went to make a hospital call. I all of a sudden got put into the role of associate pastor, and so I started making hospital calls, and uh, I went to one of the big hospitals in San Antonio, and I had three patients on one floor, and so I went to the first room, and there was a gentleman there, and um, his uh, family wasn't able to be with him that day, so he was there by himself, and uh, we had a lovely chat, and so I went down the hall, actually right next door, and the person that I needed to see right next door was in physical therapy, so they weren't there, so I just left my business card and, and went on down to the last room and uh, went down there and uh, the person that I was supposed to see down there was asleep so I didn't want to bother them either. So um, I made the walk back down and I had, I had to visit some more folks on a different floor and so I was looking at my notes and I stopped outside the room of the very first gentleman that I went to see and I heard him on the phone and he said, um, well honey, I think I'm going to be all right. And she said, oh, did the doctor come and, you know, give you test results? And he said, "Um, no, I think I'm going to be all right because the church sent the choir director. And if I was really going to die, they would have sent the senior pastor. (laughs) So uh, I am here to give hope and encouragement (laughs) and uh, to encourage us all that... um, Tomorrow is a better day, and next week, a real preacher will be back here in the pulpit. So um, let us uh, consider um, this uh, Christ the King um, with the reading of the scripture from the Gospel of John. This is uh, John. Uh, chapter 18, verses 33 through 37. Listen for the word of the Lord. Then Pilate entered the headquarters and summoned Jesus and asked him, 
Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate then asked him, So you are a king? And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pay attention to that uh, answer that Jesus gives at the end there. You say that I am a king. For this I was born, for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. For you are our rock and you are our redeemer. Amen. So today there are uh, four uh, scripture readings to choose from. Second Samuel, um, at the end of uh, Samuel there, Second Samuel, uh, King David's final words are there. And uh, we, he remembers the covenant that was made with God and the blessings that ensued. So it's more of a thanksgiving kind of uh, thank you, God, for allowing me to serve you in this manner. Um, Psalm 132 is also one of the scriptures for today. And that also refers back to celebrating King David. And it ends like this, if your sons keep my covenant and my decrees that I shall teach them, their sons also forevermore shall sit on your throne. So there's lots of kingly verbiage uh, that we come to there. Revelation then is our um, epistle reading for um, this weekend. And uh, that's the uh, salutation, the greeting, opening statements of Revelation chapter 1, beginning in 4b. Uh, That reminds us that Christ is the ruler of the kings of earth. And it says he is the Alpha and the Omega, Lord God who was and who is and who is to come. But it is in John's gospel that we find this trial uh, where he is on trial. He comes before Pilate and Pilate asks him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus does what Jesus does. He answers with another question. And so um, we heard that reading today. Um, And that reminds us um, that Jesus' kingdom is not the same as the kingdom that we expect or the kingdom that we um, maybe even want. Jesus' kingdom is not from here, as he reminds us. It is something completely different. I admit that this is a hard sermon for me to preach because... um, I, like most Americans, I don't get all of this kingly references. Um, Our whole country was founded on throwing off the king, and we don't have kings here. In fact, we we use the king uh, verbiage as very negative. To to refer to someone as a king is a negative in our uh, culture. 
in the United States because we don't, uh, we don't bow down to a king other than the one true king, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that whole kingly verbiage, and uh, I, I don't know how to take that a lot, uh, a lot of the times. Um, but more than any of the other Gospels, John focuses on the kingship of Jesus. And so um, for John, Jesus' crucifixion is not one of humiliation and shame, but as a hero who fulfills his destiny in triumph. In John, there is mention of physical frailty and anguish, but they're not emphasized like they are in the other Gospels. Um, there's no wrestling in John in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, Jesus is able to bear his cross um, much more easily than in the other Gospels. Um, in this situation, even in the trial of Jesus, he, John portrays Jesus as in complete control of this whole situation. He allows himself to be arrested. He mounts a vigorous and vocal defense. Um, and the Jesus in John's gospel always holds two opposites, not in tension, but in complete harmony. And so how can that be? How can you hold, are you the king of the Jews and yet you're a prisoner? How can you hold those two things the same? How can you be both Lord and Savior and Master, and yet slave. How can Jesus be fully human and fully divine? So let's uh, explore a few of those uh, topics tonight. One of the favorite days for my son was always opposite day at school. They would, you know, they would have uh, today's opposite day, so they would turn their clothes around backwards, or you know, wear their shirts backwards, or the kids would get all kinds of creative uh, ways to figure that out and and to have fun doing that. Um, I, uh, when I think of opposite day, uh, I am a child of. Uh, the 90s sitcoms, uh, especially Seinfeld. I didn't come to Seinfeld early. Anybody else watch Seinfeld? This looks like a Seinfeld watching crew. Um, I didn't watch it. I didn't come to it early on, but then once I discovered it, um, I became a real devotee of that. And so at the season five finale in 1994, that, the finale of that season was when George Costanza decided to do everything the opposite. Do you remember that? They're at the diner, uh, they're having lunch, and he says, you know, I always get this same lunch every day. Today, I'm going to do the total opposite. And so he orders something completely contradictory to what he, his normal um, order is. That catches the ear of a beautiful woman who's sitting at the counter, and she glances over back at him. And uh, he's having this opposite conversation with Jerry and Elaine. And so he, he goes up to the woman and um, he introduces himself as um, an unemployed um, guy who is living in his parents' basement. And she says, hi, how are you doing? And they end up going on a date. It is through that date that he gets um, an interview with George Steinbrenner of the New York Yankees. And so he goes to that interview, and he decides he's going to stick with this opposite thing. It's really working for him. So he just throws out anything that he would normally say. He just throws out the complete opposite to that. George Steinbrenner is, like, amazed at him and thinks that his philosophy is fabulous, hires him on the spot, and now George Costanza, uh, Jerry's laughable loser friend, is the assistant 
to the traveling secretary of the New York Yankees, and he gets to move out of his parents' house, and he begins to adopt doing everything opposite as his personal philosophy. In our current hyper-polarized world, it's getting harder and harder for us to hold seemingly opposing viewpoints as true. Even this week, there was much discussion about that young man in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Folks on one side viewed him as a hero who received a just verdict from the jury. Folks on the other side hailed him as a teen vigilante with an illegally obtained firearm and saw the verdict as justice denied. I submit to you that the way of Jesus often holds two diametrically opposed viewpoints together, holds them together as truth. Remember Jesus' response to Pilate during his own trial. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. My interpretation of Jesus' understanding is that he is both human and divine, and as such, teaches us the Christian virtue of compassion. How might our own eyes be opened if we sometimes adopt the George Costanza opposite philosophy of life? Not that we set aside our own values and what we know as right or wrong, and I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about a way to get at the truth from a different perspective, to think about it in a totally different way. In doing so, I believe that our eyes can be opened and that true healing can begin to happen as we stop demonizing our brothers and sisters with differing viewpoints. I told you I was a church musician, and I love hymns, and I love the history behind the hymns. And um, one of my favorite hymn writers is a woman whose name is Sylvia Dunstan. She's a Canadian hymn writer, and she died in 1993 Um, at the incredibly early age of 38. um, She had cancer. Um, But not before she made several distinguished contributions to the modern English language hymnody. Um, One winter evening in 1984, Sylvia decided to write a hymn as she rode the bus home from a what she quoted as a particularly bad day. You see, she worked at the jail, and she served there as a chaplain. The hymn, which she explained later, owed much to her long-standing relationship with the philosopher Soren Kierkegaard, and it focused on the paradoxical aspects of Jesus' identity, but it was also perhaps inspired by the paradoxes she witnessed constantly in prison, the ways in which joy and trouble could mix together, joy mixed with trouble, the ways in which promise could mix together with pain and how they could mingle together inside the walls of that prison. She called this four stanza hymn Christus Paradox. Uh, Christ who holds two things that seemingly are opposed to one another together. And so this is what she wrote. You, Lord, are both lamb and shepherd. You, Lord, are both prince and slave. You, peacemaker and sword bringer of the way you took and gave. You, the everlasting instant 
the one that has no ending and the one that vanishes in a split second, the everlasting instant, you whom we both scorn and crave. Clothed in light upon the mountain, stripped of might upon the cross, shining in eternal glory, beggared by a soldier's toss, you the everlasting instant, you who are both gift and cost. You who walk each day beside us, sit in power at God's side. You who preach a way that's narrow, have a love that reaches wide. You the everlasting instant, you who are our pilgrim guide. Worthy is our earthly Jesus. Worthy is our cosmic Christ. Worthy his defeat and the victory. Worthy still your peace and strife. You the everlasting instant. You who are our death and our life. Friends, it is Jesus who teaches us that when he's asked if he is a king, he tells Pilate, you say that I am a king. For this I was born, for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. My kingdom is not from this world. As we ponder what it means to be a member in Christ's kingdom, may it not be of this world. May it be from heaven. For we have been called to have the mind that was in Jesus, to have that same mind be within us, that we can hold two things together and see the truth in both of them, that we can be the peacemaker, the one who brings uh, two sides together, the ones that can listen maybe around a Thanksgiving table this week as we gather with family or as we struggle being with company that we don't completely agree with. May we take just a few moments to wonder what it is like from their perspective, to wonder how it is that they see the world, to not engage them in a battle, but to truly listen and to hear what Jesus is calling us to do in times of strife and hardship. For if Sylvia can go and see the hope in prisoners who are behind bars, locked after a judgment against them, but they can find peace and they can find hope, um, she could represent Christ to them. I know that we can do the same 
amongst our family and friends as we gather around the table this week. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, indeed we claim Jesus as Lord and Savior. His ways teach us that uh, we can hold two truths to be uh, true at the same time, even though seemingly they are so far apart. So help us to find this way of Christ. Help us to uh, show gratitude in all situations. Help us to show compassion to those who see things differently from our own point of view. And help us to uh, share your love in all our thoughts and actions as we seek to be your servants, and as we seek to follow this one whom we call King. For it is in his name, it is in his love, and it is in his power that we pray. Amen.